Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm not trying to be a hypocrite here. Yes, I put something on Instagram, but stuff that I tell privately with a group of girlfriends and we're having fun, I'm not thinking, oh, my kids are going to see this. Do you talk about the hookers around your kids, about the hookers that Charlie brings around? Because you've been quite free with us. Privately, I've had private conversations with them. Wow. This is my friend of 20 years. She knows I've protected these kids all these years. I don't know if she's trying to embarrass me or humiliate me. I don't know. I don't know what her agenda is, but whatever it is, it's f***ing hurtful. Hello and welcome to Everything Iconic. I'm Danny Pellegrino. I love when Rinna does one of those transitions, one of those segues. The women are all having a good time and talking about little petty drama, and then Rinna just shifts the conversation into hookers and cocaine or Munchausen syndrome. She really knows how to earn that paycheck. When she was sitting there and she just said, oh, Denise, what do your kids think about the hookers? <laughs> do you talk about the hookers around your kids, about the hookers that Charlie brings around? Oh, I laughed. I got a good laugh. It was almost as good as when she said, Dorit, were people doing cocaine in your bathroom? I mean, there's times in our lives where I just really appreciate that Rena's on this TV show. She knows how to keep the story moving forward because otherwise on Beverly Hills, things just stall and halt. Uh, But I imagine there's a producer off camera being like, look, nothing's happening. We need to move the scene forward so we can wrap filming. And then Rinna just raises her hand and shouts out something about hookers. And I appreciate that. Good for you, Rinna. Good for you. I wouldn't like to be on the receiving end of that if I was a friend and Rinna just asked me about cocaine or hookers. I wouldn't love that. But as a viewer of this reality TV show, I do like it. So uh, we'll talk about this week's Beverly Hills, which was called Santa Denise. That was the title of the episode, which I liked as well. I think that was great. They went to Santa Barbara, and it was all about Denise's threesome. So they called the episode Santa Denise, Saint Denise. Anyway, uh, I, we also got to talk about the Real Houses in New York, or should I say, Alcohol, the TV show. At this point on that show, there's not really a whole lot of plot lines. It's just a bunch of women becoming unhinged due to alcohol. And it's uh, fun to watch and also very disturbing to watch. So we're going to break that down. Uh, also on Beverly Hills this week, I love that we're getting more into Denise's movie roles, because that's what I want to know more about. I want to know more about behind-the-scenes filming of Wild Things and Starship Troopers. I want her to start diving into Drop Dead Gorgeous. I haven't heard her mention it, and I need it. I need that somehow to weave its way in. I know we're sort of loosely touching on wild things with all this threesome talk, but I would like us to somehow incorporate maybe like Kirstie Alley, Kirsten Dunst, uh, and the plot of Drop Dead Gorgeous. I'm not sure how exactly, but maybe we could get an appearance from Amy Adams, who was also in that movie. I'm not sure. I'm spitballing here, but you know, we got to keep it going. And I-, I mentioned on the show earlier this week, I've been watching a lot of 90s movies lately, and I've been watching just like comfort food movies and things I've seen a million times. I watched uh, Twister, and I watched the Honey, I Shrink the Kids movies, and Back to the Future. Some of those are, of course, 80s movies. 
Uh, I also watched that movie Contact with Jodie Foster. Uh, you guys, I want to take a little detour here, actually. I think this is a good spot for it. So skip ahead if you're not interested. But I got to say, all of these 90s movies that I've been watching, some of them are good, some of them are bad. Uh, but they put me in a good uh, mental space, I'd say, because it's just very comfort foody. One of the movies that I watch is called Man of the House. I don't know if you guys saw this. It was with Jonathan Taylor Thomas and Chevy Chase and Farrah Fawcett. It's like a really kind of bad Disney movie, but I I put it on the other day and watched it all the way through. And so I just want to say this because this is where my head's at. These movies, Man of the House, Twister, Honey, I Shrink the Kids, that's where my headspace is. Now, I also mentioned that I haven't been feeling very well lately. I told you guys that. And uh, a lot of people sent me nice messages and they thought I was having some depression or something like that. But the truth is, I've been having a lot of physical symptoms. Uh, I've been feeling super fatigued and also a lot of other stuff that I don't really want to get into. But uh, long story short, I ended up having to go to the emergency room last weekend on Friday to see what was wrong with me. And the emergency room was busy. There was a lot of people there. So I didn't get my own room. I was in the hallway on a bed and I was about six feet away from the nearest person, right? Like there was another woman in a bed who had like a back problem and she had refused the morphine. So we were, she was right in front of me in a bed about six feet away and I was in my bed and she was just shouting the whole time, God help me. You know, she's shouting to the heavens. God help me, get the pain away. You know, and I felt really bad. I did. But when the nurse came over and said, do you want us to give you some pain management? She said, no. When the nurse comes to me and asks if I want pain management, I say, hell yes. Yeah, pump me full of it, right? That's what I need to get through this because there, there, I was in a lot of pain as well. But so the woman in front of me is like shouting. And at this point, I'm pretty relaxed, right? I had them uh, pump me full of the morphine. As much, you know, it wasn't a ton of it, but it made me feel a little bit more relaxed and in less pain. And just in terms of, I don't want you guys to worry, it turns out that a lot of my physical symptoms were due to this complications from my appendix surgery that I had in January. So at least I know what's wrong with me and I'll be fine. So don't worry about me. Uh, I'm working on it, but it was such a relief to know exactly like that this is kind of why I've been having these weird symptoms that have been all over the place. Anyway. So I'm sitting there and the nurse comes over to me and it was a young lady and she had kind of like feathery hair. She was gorgeous and I was feeling loopy and good. And I said to her, you know, you have beautiful hair, kind of like a Farrah Fawcett thing going on. Now she was in her early 20s. She's like, who the fuck is Farrah Fawcett? Like she didn't know. And I was like, Farrah Fawcett from uh, Charlie's Angels. I said, you know, she was this actress. I said, she was in this movie called Man of the House with Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Then the nurse says, who's Jonathan Taylor Thomas? And I go, fuck you. I just go, fuck you. I said it in a playful way, of course. So she laughed. It wasn't, you know, it was an endearing fuck you, but it was definitely a fuck you. I said, you know what? Fuck you. You're too young. (laughs) Um, But then the woman in front of me who's overhearing our conversation, who's literally shouting to the high heavens and saying, take me out of my pain. And then she goes, "Uh, Farrah Fawcett's dead. I go, no way. I was like, no, Farrah Fawcett's not she's still with us. And I'm like, there's no way. So I pull out my phone, and I'm showing the nurse I'm a picture of Bear Fawcett. And the nurse says, oh, I recognize her. And the woman in front of me is like, she's dead. And I'm like, motioning to the nurse at this point, I'm saying, that woman's cuckoo. Like, what is she saying? She's just shouting, shouting to the heavens. And she's talking about how Fair Fawcett's passed. And I'm like, she's cuckoo. Then I start talking about how Fair Fawcett needs to do like a limited HBO series. I'm telling the nurse, I'm like, we need Farrah Fawcett to do like a 
Big Little Lies. Then I go on to say, you know who else I haven't seen in a while? And I say, Bill Paxton. I was like, I just saw the movie Twister. I was like, where's Bill been? He's a great actor. The woman in front of me then, she's shouting, I'm in so much pain! Bill Paxton's dead too! And I'm like, what? Like, this woman's crazy. She's like, help me, God! Bill Paxton's dead! And then the nurse at this point is sort of rolling her eyes and like, I don't know who these two people are talking about. Like, the nurse does not know who me or the woman in front of me are talking about. The nurse had never heard of Bill Paxton. So she just sort of walks away. Then I get on my phone and I look and I realize they're both actually passed. I realize both of these people have passed and I gasped. And just as I'm gasping, I'm clutching my imaginary pearls and a doctor's walking by and the doctor's like, oh, are you okay? The doctor's like, do you need some more pain management? And I'm like, oh, yes, I just found out Farrah Fawcett and Bill Paxton are no longer with us. And the doctor was like, you know what? You don't need any more pain management. And then walked away. I was never to see that doctor again. (laughs) The doctor just was like, nope, he's done. Wrap on the morphine for Danny. They weren't giving me any more. But it was a devastating blow to my senses. I did not realize. I I think in the back recesses of my mind, I realized these two icons had passed. But I just, it was a moment that I just had forgotten. And the woman who was in front of me, yelling to the high heavens, she was not happy with me. And then I had to eventually apologize to her. I said, you know, I'm so sorry, miss. I had forgotten that these two legends are no longer with us. And the woman accepted my apologies. And uh, eventually, you know, they found out what was wrong with me. They did send me on my way. And I, you know, have other appointments. But I just have to say that these nurses, these hospice workers, hospital workers, they're doing such wonderful work right now. And they're dealing with people like myself and that woman who are just there terrorizing them about these actors from the 90s and the 70s and, you know, from so many different eras. And uh, they're doing it with a smile on their faces. And I just applaud them. You guys know how I feel. Uh, Nurses are the best people in the entire world. And they make you feel good when you need it most, you know? So I just, I love it, especially at this time, because I was in the hallway, I mentioned, but they didn't let anyone with us. So I couldn't have Matt with me. I couldn't have anyone there. It was just me uh, and the woman, of course, six feet ahead of me, who I hope ultimately uh, got the relief she needed. Um, But... Uh, I appreciate the nurses to just be there for us, and I, I'm, I love them. I love them. So that was just a little something I had to share with you guys. And you know what? If you get a chance, watch Twister, watch something with Fair Fawcett, and enjoy their uh, their skills. And may they rest in peace. I, I hope that wasn't uh, inappropriate of me, but I did not realize. Also, at some points, I was like mixing up Bill Pullman and Bill Paxton. You know, Bill Pullman, of course, is from uh, While You Were Sleeping, the Sandra Bullock vehicle. So, you know, it is what it is. It's neither here nor there. The point is, we've got to talk about the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Got a little off track. Uh, So this week, we open with uh, Kyle, who's uh, speaking Spanish to her uh, housekeepers, when Dorit arrives. And I don't know if you guys caught this, but Kyle had this, like, fake dog by the door that totally looked like something you would buy in Vegas, right? Like, it seemed like... Something in the Caesar's Palace, like in not even in the forum shops, but you know, in Caesar's Palace, they have those other shops, like on the way to the pool. And one of those shops always has like weird uh, animal humans or like dog butlers, like that one from Modern Family. Uh, but that's what it seemed like. And I just laughed that Kyle just had this big ass fake dog by the door uh, that I am certain she bought in Vegas. I'm certain Mauricio won at the blackjack table and Kyle went to that shop and was like, give me the big ass dog. And then she put it in her uh, foyer. And there it was. 
It's also some fall decor there. Do you notice? It must have been right around Halloween time because I saw like a an angry witch or something um, nearby too. So uh, there was also a pumpkin spice reference later in the episode. So we did get some fall. Uh, and then, I mean, also speaking of Kyle's decor, she also had a sign that said, and they lived happily ever after right by the sink, which was also very home goods of Kyle. Uh, so it was interesting. I love Kyle's house. I actually really think like the real estate porn of it is, is beautiful. And speaking of real estate porn, did you guys watch Selling Sunset? I am obsessed with that show on Netflix. It's a reality show. It's very slow paced, but I think it works for the show. There's a lot of good house porn and beautiful women. Uh, check it out. I, I'm into it. Um, but anyway, I love Kyle's house. I like seeing it. And I want to know, I want like a full tour of it. I want to see the basement. I want to see the upstairs, the master, the, you know, I need a tour of it because I like it. It sort of looks like the father of the bride house on the outside to me. Am I alone in that? I don't know. Uh, so Dorit arrives and Dorit and Kyle are sitting and talking and Kyle says to Dorit, I feel like we have a friendship that will last a lifetime. And I just thought, nope, you're wrong, Kyle. Not true. Uh, but uh, Dorit's trying to get Kyle to admit that her and Teddy are really close, and Kyle, for some reason, does not want to admit this. The editors keep flashing back to this one scene between Kyle and Teddy at, like, a fake therapy session where they were getting, like, anxiety advice. Very strange scene to keep uh, flashing back to, trying to convince us that they were doing couples therapy together. Uh, That did not look like couples therapy. That looked like someone giving some breathing exercises to two women on camera. Uh, but then we cut to Garcelle, who's at her house. She's driving to the bus stop to meet her kids because she's going to be going out of town to film. On the way to the bus stop for the kids, she calls the producing partner, and she's got all these projects in the works. And here's the thing. I really like Garcelle, and I just need her to get in the mix with these women because she's just kind of filming her own thing, and it doesn't make sense on a TV show. I get why, uh, I, I get why they hired her because she's great, but I feel like she should have just been a friend of. If she was already committed to all these other projects and couldn't commit to the filming of this TV show, then I feel like she should have just been a friend, and then maybe next season she could have come on board as a full-time housewife. Because at this point, it's like she's missed so many group events, and it just feels like she's on a separate show. And I want her on the show we're watching. I don't want her on a whole separate thing. All the women, though, Garcelle in particular is doing a lot of Gucci work. She had the Gucci, Gucci t-shirt on. Kyle had a Gucci t-shirt on uh, later in the episode. Uh, but Garcelle, I don't know. She's doing her own thing. Uh, then we cut back to Kyle's. And Rinna arrives. And Rinna reveals that the dog's gotten her pills this morning. That was just like a quick little aside. Rinna just says the dog's got the pills. And then we move on. And then Teddy arrives. And we got to talk about this for a second. It's a little bit... Uh, it's tough to talk about, but we got to talk about it. Teddy arrives. And right away, she says, I got a potty. First things first, I don't like when grown adults say potty. I know a lot of people who do it. I'm sure I've done it a time or two, but I do not like when they say, I got to go potty. Just say, I got to go to the bathroom. Say, I got a number one. I don't You could say really anything else, but saying, I got to go potty when you're in the midst of a group of adults is just not okay with me. And I need people to stop it. And I'm saying that as a reminder to myself as well, because when I go forth from here on out, I do not want to say that. I do not want to be at a, a group dinner or a uh, meeting some friends for on a vacation, and I say, I gotta go potty. That's not something we should say. I know Teddy's got little kids, so she probably says it to the kids all the time. But there was not a kid to be found in Kyle's house at this moment in time. So she just arrived, I gotta go potty. And then she went to the bathroom. And then after she did go potty, the Bravo editors played a flushing sound effect as the women left Kyle's house to uh, go to the Santa Barbara trip. 
And I wasn't sure, were they implying that Teddy took a big old poop? Were they implying that Teddy took a shit? Excuse my language. But that's what I was led to believe. Like, they played like a very aggressive sound effect of the flushing. And I know that I I don't believe that to be like just the sound effect that Teddy's mic picked up when she was in the restroom. I believe they were implying that she took a big old deuce in the bathroom at Kyle's house before they left for Santa Barbara because it was a very aggressive sound effect. And I don't think they would have played that if Teddy just did a little tinkle. (laughs) Tinkle is another word that we should stop using as adults. But I don't believe they would have played that. Instead, it was like a loud-ass flush. It was like they were doing a Foley art in the middle of this episode. I thought, why are they playing that flushing sound? Are they trying to tell us something? Did she leave a deuce in the bathroom? Like, what happened here? Excuse my language. Excuse my French. Um, okay, so then everyone's kind of mad at Kyle. I don't really understand why everyone's mad at Kyle quite exactly, uh, but I'm not opposed to it. I just don't really get the mechanics of it, but it seems like everyone's mad at her. Uh, the women uh, head to Santa Barbara. Meanwhile, Denise is filming The Bold and the Beautiful, and she's filming a scene with a woman named Katrina Bowden, who's from 30 Rock, who I used to know a little bit back in the day, and uh, I would have liked to see more of that scene. I would have liked to see more of all of this bold and the beautiful stuff. Denise says in her confessional, because I've played sexy characters, people often think that's me. Now, I could watch hours of Denise talking about her acting career. Uh, I could watch hours of her just doing a photo shoot with like a fan in her face and another uh, woman over 40 on her arm. Do you see when she was, she was standing like back to back with that other woman? I was thinking, I could watch uh, hours of this footage. I love it. I love it. I want to know that other woman's story. I want to join the cast. Uh, I love that Denise is doing a soap opera now. It's real. I mean, aside from the one we're watching, the reality show. But she's not, uh, she's going to be a little late to Santa Barbara. The other women are driving there. I like Santa Barbara. It's very mellow. It's very pretty. I don't really know exactly why they're going there. I feel like they're doing a staycation. They should have just done it. I guess it's not that far for them. I guess I get it. Anyway, they arrive. The owner of this big, beautiful house is a hugger, and she hugs all the women. And look, that shook me. In the age of coronavirus, I was thinking, oh my gosh, I first of all miss hugging people so much. Second of all, I'm not interested in hugging strangers when all of this is over. I do want to hug my loved ones, but I'm not going to hug just someone whose vacation home I'm renting. That's for sure. I think Sutton at one point was like, well, I'm not a hugger. Like, quit it. Get the fuck off me. (laughs) Move, bitch. Uh, then, uh, let's see, the house is gorgeous. House is stunning, although I was a little bit uh, focused on Kyle's bangs. Her bangs are doing something very different. A really weird thing as they grow, they're kind of, I don't even know how to explain it. It almost looks like, I don't know how to explain it, but the bangs are definitely doing some strange placement work on Kyle's forehead. They're not like they were before. They're moving about as if independent from the body. They're growing in weird ways. And I, I don't know what the status is of Kyle's a lot. Is she's growing him out? Or is she have to keep him a certain length for the Halloween movie? What's happening with the bangs? But I, they should be another character on the show because I'm just so focused on him in every scene. I don't know. What were they doing this episode? They were like two big stringy things that were like doing like a McDonald's arch on her forehead or something. And I was ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I wasn't loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I wasn't loving the bang work on Kyle. I truly wasn't. It was, but they were doing some McDonald bangs. And I was focused on that instead of the house. Anyway, uh, Teddy had to go on this trip, and she's pregnant. They went wine tasting, and, and also, it just seems miserable. I really did feel for Teddy. I was thinking, oh, what an awful trip to have to go on. 
They had to take a windy road to get there. And then they're all drinking. And that just seemed awful for a pregnant woman. Awful. Um, they also had to ride these bikes and they had to pretend like they're competitive. And I hate this is something they do in all the housewives shows and I hate it. When they're riding in golf carts and doing like slapstick comedy about how competitive they are. And meanwhile, none of them are fucking competitive at all. Like Erica's like, why do all these bitches have to be so competitive? And I'm like, no one's competitive here. Like you're just riding in a fucking bike. You're on a bicycle and everyone's riding to their destination. No one's really like that. I don't see anyone like throwing elbows or like knocking people off those carts or anything. Like they were just riding. One group was riding a little bit more quickly than the others, but it wasn't competitive. It wasn't like I was watching the fucking last dance documentary on ESPN. This was just the women on a bicycle riding to their destination. That's not competitive. And we see it oftentimes in these shows when they're on a golf cart. The golf cart work is too much. And I'd like to do a a moratorium on this idea that we're all so competitive. And they even tried to uh, get us to think that these women are competitive when they flash back to that scene of them rock climbing, which again, they were all just rock climbing. Uh, No one was knocking each other off that fucking rock. They were all like, I'm going to beat you. And it was like playful. I don't consider that competitive. That's just like climbing to the top of the fucking rock. That's all that is. So then when you're in a confessional saying, oh my God, we're all so competitive. I don't think so, Eric Jane. I don't believe anyone here is competitive in the slightest, actually. Uh, there was a great Eden Sassoon flashback, though, from a game night where Eden Sassoon was running. For, I don't know what she was doing, what the fuck they were playing, but uh, I did see Eden Sassoon, and I thought, what? You know, I had like a Raven Simone flashback to Eden Sassoon's season on the show, and I was like, what? But they do the wine tasting. They talk about Denise's sex stuff. Denise shows up in the jeans with a bottle of tequila, God bless her. I love that she just showed up with that bottle of tequila. She loves the Casamigos. She sure does. And uh, shows up right when they're talking about her. Uh, Before they can really get into the Denise stuff, they FaceTime Garcelle. And as they're FaceTiming Garcelle, these two young men, right behind, I think it was Rena was holding the phone, these two young men just go and they jump off uh, this wine place into the ocean or into the water that was right outside of this wine place. And these women, you would have thought they saw a ghost. You would have thought they acted like they just saw, I don't know, a Jaws, a shark in the water, something. They were all like, whoa! whoa, whoa. <laughs> they, couldn't they couldn't believe, oh my God! Like, and they were laughing. Like, it was the funniest, scariest, craziest thing they'd ever seen. These two young men jumping into a big body of water. You would have thought it was like they saw fucking Jaws in the water. Whoa! Like, the craziest thing just happened. Craziest fucking thing. Uh, and then they, when they finally leave this winery, uh, Denise said something like, oh, I bet they can't, re- get, wait, can't wait to get rid of us. And Denise is very obviously ashamed by these women, and I don't uh, disagree with her. I mean, I can see that. I could understand what Denise was thinking. And I think all of these women were expecting everyone to be against Denise And it seems to me, just by judging from like Twitter and people who DM me and all of that stuff, it seems like people are mostly on Team Denise. And it's backfired in a very hilarious way to me because it, I I do believe that everyone thought like, oh, everyone's going to hate Denise this season. And then it just didn't happen. Maybe it will down the road. But I wonder what they're all thinking as they're watching these episodes in their homes because it's just not going the way I don't believe everyone expected. So uh, they go back to the house for dinner. They all change. Uh, Denise is in jeans again. Erica's in a trash bag. And 
Rena was wearing the square toed shoes. And there was a lot of things happening in my eyes. And uh, yeah, the shoes, they were just square cut. They were square cut shoes that Rena was wearing. And uh, Kyle said something about the Megan trend. I- I'm not a fashionista. I'm a maxinista, not a fashionista. So I don't know exactly if those square sh- shoes are on trend. So forgive me. Uh, but they weren't that appealing to my eyes. But maybe, I don't know, maybe some other brand or so. I don't know. I don't know. And neither was that trash bag that uh, Eric was wearing. It reminded me of Angelina from Jersey Shore when she packed all her stuff in a trash bag. That's what I imagined that Erica looked like. I was just waiting for Angelina from Jersey Shore to walk in and say, this is my stuff. And then it was Erica Jane. I mean, it was it was something. Um, so then they all sit down. They're sitting for dinner. Denise talks about Starship Troopers, Wild Things. Again, that's what I would like to know. Uh, more about Rinna says, what's it like to shoot a three-way? That's when she breaks down wild things. And I'll never forget that movie, Wild Things. I remember seeing it as a kid. It confused me sexually because that scene, in particular, no matter what your sexuality, they say everyone's on the Kinsey scale, right? Like everyone's got some level of homo and heterosexuality. And it's hard to see that scene and not be turned on a little bit because it's just a stunning scene, stunning scene work. Matt Dillon, too. I think I was a little confused as a kid because it was like the women were naked, but I was like really attracted to Matt Dillon without his blouse on. You know, like he <laughs> he should have been more naked in that scene, quite honestly. I don't know why they didn't negotiate. Denise said they had to negotiate like how many nipples she showed. They should have negotiated for more uh, nipple work or dick work from uh, Matt Dillon. All he did was take out his blouse in that scene. That's it. Take off the pants and show us your ass. Come on, Matt Dillon. Come on. Come on. Step up, Matt Dillon. What was that about? Denise had to go fully topless. And uh, I don't know. I feel like she might have even gone more than that. But Matt Dillon, meanwhile, got to sit in his pants and hook up with these two women. Not okay. We need equal equal nudity from men and women. Okay. Let's see. Where are we at here? Oh, Rinna. They're all talking about this threesome. And, and Rinna acts like the kids would all have seen that before. Rena's like, well, the kids have seen wild things before, right? And Denise is like, I don't think so. They're 15. And then Rena in her confessional is like, well, of course they saw it. And then Erica said something about like, they're probably doing three ways themselves. And I'm thinking, when I was 15, I didn't, I don't think I had any idea what a three way is. And I certainly wouldn't have rented wild things if my mother was the star of it, right? Like I, <laughs> I think a lot of 15 year olds might have rented wild things back in the day, but I don't think in the year 2020, 15-year-old kids are renting the movie Wild Things. It's just not happening. Particularly the kids whose moms are stars of it. I don't think Nev Campbell's kids, I don't know if she has kids or not, or Matt Dillon's kids, I don't know if he has kids or not. I don't think their kids are renting it either. So I understood Denise is like, um, no, they haven't seen it. And all the women are acting like that's crazy. It's like, no, the kids, the youths aren't, they're watching Euphoria. They're not renting Wild Things from the library like I was back in my day. <laughs> By the way, I don't know why they had it at my library, but I do recall that they had the movie Wild Things and remember that Studio 54 movie with Nev Campbell? They had both of those movies at my local public library. I rented them often uh, for free. And Studio 54, that movie with Ryan Phillippe, where he you know, is not wearing bottoms, that was a seminal movie for me. It was a very important movie in my sexual awakening. Anything with Ryan Phillippe, quite honestly, where he showed his, his tuckus, if you will his ass. That was important to me. And I remember renting it from my local public library. So I'd like to thank, I don't know who to thank for that. Is that the government? Who stocks the public library? Whoever you are, 
if you're a librarian and you stocked a public library with the movie Wild Things or Studio 54, God bless you. Pat on the back. I applaud you. Um, you're right up there with the frontline workers in my eyes because I really needed that at that age. Uh, but the point is, the youths aren't watching it. They're, they're watching other things. They can they have the internet to watch their porn. They don't need to rent a movie from 98 to see a topless person. And if it's their mom, they're not watching it. So I didn't understand that argument. So then the argument goes into like that threesome talk in front of kids. And here's the thing. I, I really don't think that Denise gives a shit about the threesome talk, but I do think something happened in the offseason. This is my theory. I don't know it to be true, but it's my theory. I think Denise in the offseason had some custody things with Charlie. We saw that in, the, I think, the first episode when they say Charlie's taking her to court again. And so I think that Charlie is probably weaponizing Denise with the Real Houses of Beverly Hills. So he's probably got his lawyer or his people or whatever saying, oh, Denise talked about sex on the show, and she talked about this and that on her first season. So I think going into Denise's second season, she was probably like, oh, fuck, I got to stop talking about that stuff because my ex-husband is weaponizing it in my custody battle for the kids. So that's what I believe. It, I don't think Denise really worked it out, or maybe she didn't explain that to the other cast members before they started filming. So I do also understand these other women are like, you're making us look like, you're, you're judging us, and you're making us look bad uh, to save yourself. And so I think there was just like a, I believe there to be a miscommunication. I think Denise just maybe forgot to tell the other women, like, hey, I have this custody thing. Or maybe the other women are just fucking ignoring it. And they're like, well, we don't give a fuck. We're going to throw her under the bus. But something, I, I believe that to be true, because Denise did sort of shift. And, and she's still talking about that big dick Aaron. I mean, even in front of the kids, she said, hey, he's got a big dick. And so she's not like stopping all the sex stock. But maybe she's maybe she does it naturally, and then she catches herself on camera. And is like, oh, I should stop this. I, there's something we're missing. If that's not it, I feel like we're missing something else. Oh, I also got to say that Denise and Erica is an interesting feud. Erica really goes hard on Denise in the confessionals. I feel like there's obviously more to come, but I'm excited about it because it seems like. That was a feud I wasn't expecting, and Erica like hates Denise in her confessional. She hates her. And so something I believe happened even more so than what we're seeing maybe down the road in the season. And I really expected the Denise, it to be like Denise versus Kyle or Denise versus Rinna, but it seems like it's more Denise and Erica who have a thing. And we also know that Dorit and Erica are going to team up a little bit, so I'm excited for these dynamics. So then the next morning, uh, Rinna makes some super strong coffee. Teddy goes on a run. Look, it's always upsetting when a friend goes on a run or a workout on a vacation. Uh, It's upsetting. It's just upsetting. It makes you feel bad. When you're on a vacation and you just want to wake up and eat and drink, and then someone's like doing yoga or going on a a five-mile run, uh, it's just upsetting. They all sit for breakfast, though. We get a little Erica versus Kyle. Erica says to Kyle, you said I had no friends. And Kyle's like, well, I said you had no close friends. We're just uh, fighting. Teddy snaps at Dorit. Uh, and then they call out Denise for uh, talking about happy endings on camera. And that sexy photo she posted of Aaron. Uh, and then still saying that the women can't talk about the threesomes on camera. So they are calling out the hypocrisy. And again, I do see it. But Denise did, she did post that photo of Aaron, Big Dick Aaron in the bed with the sheet on. God bless her for posting that. We all needed to see it. 
Uh, I wish she would post some more, especially in quarantine. We could all use it. Denise, if you're listening, I, uh, have your husband take off his blouse and take a photo of it. Post it on your stories. Maybe block the kids from social media and post it on your stories. Add me to your close friends so I can see it. Maybe Snapchat it or something. Maybe we can, how do we, something, one of those ones where it deletes after a certain amount of time. Maybe she could do it that way. You know? I don't know. Or maybe some of the people that are following Denise and Aaron, maybe they, I don't know if that's not quite legal. So maybe I, I don't want to recommend that they just, you know, snap some photos of Big Dick Aaron without his top on. But, you know, maybe if Aaron agreed to it and the people following him uh, were allowed to take off their camera phones and take a, a nice sexy photo of Aaron so we can all enjoy it during this quarantine, it wouldn't be such a bad thing. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe everyone should think about it a little bit. And also, if you're listening out there and you have a hot significant other who's okay with showing it off, post it on social media. We could all use the good visuals these days. A lot of dark stuff's happening. A lot of really bad stuff in the world is happening right now. If you're able to post a thirst trap, then do it. Then do it. That's my PSA. Uh, Where were we? Oh, that's when Rena says, do you talk about the hookers Charlie brings around in front of your kids? (laughs) Denise gets pissed. I would too, by the way. I would get so fucking pissed if uh, my cast member was like, hey, what about them hookers? And I'd be not okay with that. That's how the episode ends. Next week, there's a, a event for Garcelle where she just says basically she hates half the group. And it does seem a little bit like Garcelle's grasping for straws here. And I like Garcelle, but she's grasping here for a little bit of a storyline to get in the mix. It is what it is. But hopefully next season, I think Garcelle will for sure get another season. It's just if she does, if and when she does. She's going to have to film with the group. And it, for all of these housewives across all of the franchises, if you're busy with other jobs and you can't film at all the group events, then I don't want you on this show. Then do the other shows you're doing. Don't waste a spot, waste part of the budget. Because you have to remember, when they hire someone, that's a lot of money that could be in the budget to go on trips or to give us more cinematography or, or, or group events or whatever it is. Or another woman that could get in the mix and be messy. I don't need you controlling that part of the budget because you don't have time to film. That happens a lot. Nini is famous for that. She just won't show up certain times on Atlanta, and I need someone there all the time. So that's The Real Houses of Beverly Hills. Now, we're going to talk about The Real Houses of New York. Oh, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, we use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. Uh, so that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Everything Iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Everything Iconic. Guess what, Tinsley? All right, let's take I a don't toast. Need you to tell me what you're doing. Am I going to get thrown out of Rhode Island, Tinsley? Am I going to get thrown out of Rhode Island? No, I'm going to give a toast. I'm going to give a toast. I have to say, thank you. Oh, these are squishy boobs. I like hey, hey, Sonia. Sonia, All right, I'm sorry. I'm taking advantage of the situation. All right, I'm going to sit down. Okay, it's time to talk about alcohol, the TV show. This episode is called Hurricane Leah. Leah's uh, totally unhinged, and I'm uh, loving watching it. I'm not quite as disturbed by Leah as, I gotta say, I'm a little bit uncomfortable with the Sonia drinking. I know she wasn't that bad this week, but it's becoming a little bit too much for me to handle when I see Sonia drinking, and I love my Sonorita. And my feelings will change in five minutes, but right now I'm finding the Sonia stuff to be a little bit too much. And Leah's like, she'll probably get there next season because watching Leah drink like this is, is a little bit uncomfortable, I'd say, but also very fun with Leah at this point in time, but it could shift. It could shift. Now I have to say last week on the show, Dorinda, Ramona and Sonia, they got in this huge fight. Remember at uh, Ramona's house, huge fight. They talked about each other's looks, their weight, their physical appearance, their ability to get men. Really, really tough stuff, and they just moved on in a moment. They hugged at the end and moved on, and now this week they're fine. <laughs> the Roni women, everything just moves at such a quick pace, such a fast pace. And again, we just went on Beverly Hills. We're on like the 10th episode of them talking about Denise's threesome talk in front of the kids. And on New York, it's just like, bam, 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 moving on to the next thing. We're having a drink and moving on. That's what they do on New York. Now, this week on New York, they're taking a trip. Uh, we open on Tinsley in her hotel room. Her hotel room that she lives in with all those fucking dog photos was a lot to handle. There was one photo that just said, Model Bambi, Walker Tinsley. And I don't know, was that like a flyer from a, a dog walking fashion show or something she did? Like, what was it? Or was it a meme? Did she print out a meme about her dog? I was very confused by that photo. Didn't know what it meant. It just said, Dog or model Bambi Walker Tinsley. What the fuck did that mean? I thought about it for 15 minutes and it's probably something very obvious. No need to DM me, but it was probably something very obvious that I just did not get. Uh, but the, her hotel room has a lot of chaos, a lot of chaos in that hotel room. I don't know what her place is like with Scott, but I hope that she, it doesn't feel as chaotic as that hotel does feel to me. Uh, then we see Sonia. She's packing with the intern. They're all going to the Newport. And uh, we see Dorinda in the Berkshires, that Berkshire's house flooded four months to dry. It took four fucking months to dry that house. Now, I'm happy that house is getting an update. I think it needed it. But 
that's a lot. And I know we talk a lot about how Dorinda is like unhinged this season and losing it and mean and a bully and all of those things. And she's the villain of the season. She truly is. But seeing that house and knowing like if my house got flooded and I had to wait four months for it to dry, even though it was like her second house, right? Like she still has the apartment in the city. Uh, I would still be a, an asshole to people. I, I think I would be too. I, I get it with Dorinda, but it is hard to watch. I'm not trying to defend her, but I'm just saying I get it. I would be a nightmare. It seems like such a pain in the ass to have to do all that with the house. Anyway, the women all meet uh, to get on this bus to go to Newport. And it was so, speaking of bullying, I hate to use that word, but Lou mocks Tinsley for bringing her own pillow. And I just have to say, like, Lou is sort of bullying Tinsley. I, I know it's sort of happen- happening on the edges of the show. Like, we're not fully focusing on it. But there's been a bunch of times where Lou has talked about Tinsley's voice, which I'm not sure Lou Cookie Monster, <laughs> Luann Cookie Monster de la Seps has room to talk. But she started, like, mocking Tinsley about the pillow. She- I love you. Bring your own pillow. You are such a child. I have allergies. What am I going to do? She's She's always rude. I'm not because I'm a child. It's because I can't sleep on other people's pillows. Defensive. She's a baby. She's a pillow. They need their pinky blanket and their pillow. It's your pinky. You're a baby. You need a pinky. You need a pinky. You're a baby. She's just mocking Tinsley. And Sonia was joining in too. They were just bullying Tinsley for bringing a pillow. And as someone who brings my own pillow often when I go on vacation because I have TMJ, I was getting very upset on behalf of Tinsley. I was I wanted Tinsley to say, shut the fuck up, Luann and Sonia. Yes, I'm bringing a fucking pillow. I mean, sometimes I want Tinsley to just give it back to him. And then when Luann's making fun of Tinsley's voice, I want Tinsley to just be like, you know what? Fucking cookie monster, Luann. Uh, I mean, Luann is being such an asshole this season, but it's almost like we're missing it because, you know, everyone else is more of an asshole. It's like, we're not, we're not seeing it with Luann. But she did, you're a baby, you need a pinky. <laughs> she was just yelling at Tinsley. And then on the bus ride, they were sharing coffee. Tinsley and Lou were sharing the coffee. And I thought, in a pandemic, we're not going to be doing that at post-pandemic. It was like another world we were seeing. Uh, meanwhile, Dorinda got to the hotel that they're staying at alone. And she tells the women uh, who are running the front desk, she said, I used to stay here with my late husband. I thought, uh-oh, uh-oh. This is not good. <laughs> this is, is going to be bad news for Dorinda. We're going to see her unravel. And we didn't quite see her unravel the way I thought we would, which is good. I guess it means Dorinda's having some growth. But I really was expecting when Dorinda said that, like, this is going to be rough. And it turns out Leah was the one who really unraveled. But uh, Leah, I do appreciate that she said as she was going to this uh, hotel, she said, when I start feeling vulnerable... I become a psycho bitch. Now, Leah said, I became a psycho bitch because this pita chip guy, whatever was his name, pita pocket, this pita pocket, uh, Polly pita pocket was uh, sending her nude pics to everyone and being a real asshole. And so Leah's feeling vulnerable and she just wants to let loose and have a good time. And she's got a lot of emotion to get out. And so I do get that with Leah. I'm not sure Leah has the greatest grasp on alcohol. Uh, but she did explain herself, and I got it. I think we've all been there before. Sometimes you need a weekend away with the gals, and you need to let loose and get a little inappropriate, get a little wild, get a little mean, get a little crazy. That's what she was doing, and it's all because of that pita pocket guy or pita chip. I don't know what the fuck his name was. Um, I don't think he had a real name. It was just pita chip. 
Um, but I get that he's an asshole and I hope he's watching this and I hope he's feeling bad. And ladies, if you meet a guy who owns a PETA company, just make sure it's not this one. If you're out on the dating scene, as soon as the city of New York opens up and you're on Bumble and the guy who owns a PETA company, if he messes you, messages you, uh, swipe the opposite way, swipe the way, uh, other way and say no. Now, could there be another single man in New York City who owns a PETA fortune? Sure. And maybe you want to suss it out, right? Like, make sure you don't go on uh, a date with this guy, because this guy seems like an asshole. So do not, ladies, I repeat, do not go on a date with a guy who owns a PETA company in New York City. Just be careful. And if you do, be careful. Be extra careful, because this is not a good man. He'll send your nudes anywhere he wants. That's not okay. Not okay. Uh, so then on the bus ride, Leah asks about inviting the sister to this trip, and everyone says, no, this is a girl's trip. Uh, and then they show the bus driver just shaking his head, just shaking his head. And so we're going back and forth a lot with this episode with the sister. Leah wants the sister to come, and she was really buttering up Ramona on the bus ride, but they ultimately decided no on the bus. And that bus driver was just like, what the fuck are these women talking about? They were all nuts on the bus. And I love when they show like the peripheral people just shaking their head at what these women are doing, because that's how we all feel when we're watching, right? So then they arrive at this castle inn. It's very cute. I'm very into it. Ramona instantly ordered some oysters. I think it was Dorinda said, your vagina's starting. (laughs) Ramona loves an oyster. She loves to get turned on by some oysters. Your vagina's starting. That was the line of the episode. Uh, Ramona then agrees to let the sister come for dinner. So then she agrees and then rescinds it. She agrees, then rescinds it. And Leah says to Rona, you invited Elise and you're not even talking to her. And no one's talking to Elise. I don't know why Elise is on this cast at this point, because she's just pretty silent. I don't know if they're editing around her, if she was talking more in real time and then they just cut out her scenes. But it seems like Elise is just always kind of there and not really doing much. Uh, Meanwhile, Luann was just sitting there with her sunglasses on. And I love when Luann's just judgy with some big ass sunglasses on. Really do. Uh, and Ramona, she keeps rescinding the invitation and then accepting it. And she says it's because when I put people together, it's like I'm making music. And I'd just like to say, uh, musicians out there can attest to this. It's not the same thing, Ramona. I think people who make music <laughs> have a much higher skill than you do. And I'm not saying that you don't have skills putting people together, but uh, I kind of am. I kind of am. So then uh, they get to the rooms. They're all beautiful. Uh, Sonia's looking out at the beach. She says, I feel horny again. And I thought, when is she not horny? Sonia's always horny on this show. I've never seen her not horny. They all get ready. Sonia says to Ramona, I don't want Leah's sister to come. Leah's starting to get wasted. Starting to get wasted. They all go to Ramona's clam bake. She planned a big clam bake dinner for these women. She got them crowns because we're all princesses and we deserve crowns and they're celebrating our friendship, she said. And she let everyone put on the crown. And Luann, as Ramona's saying that about getting the crowns, Luann says, Sounds like the lyrics to Feeling Giovanni. Hell with Countess, now I'm queen. <laughs> Terrible Luann impression. Uh, but that's when Sonia says to her, real, real uh, decisive. This was the most sobering I've ever heard Sonia. She says to Luann, That's enough Giovanni for today. She just, <laughs> without a hint of any. Any kind of comedy or anything. So when you just says, that's enough Giovanni for today. And that's how we were all feeling. Someone had to say it. God bless you, Sonia. Sonia Rita. Uh, Luann now is mad about Leah's sisters coming and 
they're all uh, talking about it. That's the big topic of conversation because there's not a whole lot of other plot lines going on in this show. It's just like, can Leah's sister come? And again, I don't mind that. I know a lot of people are complaining that there's no overarching. I'm still loving Roni. I always do. I thought this episode was fantastic. I really did. Although, again, tough to watch because it's a lot of alcohol and they're really relying on it, but still fun. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Uh, Tinsley, when she arrives, Luann says, I hear Tinsley screeching. Again, Luann just being an asshole to Tinsley. They're all being mean to Tins. And I need Tins to step up. Yeah, she screeches a little bit. Does she got a high-pitched, kind of annoying voice? Game set, now I need a match. She does have sort of that cadence about her that's a little bit annoying. It's a little bit doll-like. That's what it reminds me of. Hi, guys, it's me, Tinsley. I'm here. Game set, and now I need a match. It's very uh, kind of valley girl by way of New York. I don't know if that makes sense. But uh, they all get drinks. Ramona brings them drinks. And Leah says, I need two more shots of vodka. And Ramona's like, no, you do not. She says, you're a recovering alcoholic. Tinsley says, no, she's not a recovering alcoholic. And I don't know what Leah's exact situation with alcohol is. But it doesn't necessarily seem like a healthy relationship. I wouldn't describe it that way. Now, again, did Leah say, I need to have a wild weekend and do I need to let loose? Yes. But I don't know. I don't know. We cut to dinner. uh, The clam bake. Luann puts the bib on. Leah and Sonia are just a fucking mess. They are a mess. They get to be a mess. They're doing cartwheels, and Leah is kicking the camera. There's one point where Dorinda's like, all right, uh, I'm going to give a toast. She stands up, and then everything's happening. She can't even get a word in, so she just says, all right, I'm going to sit down. Dorinda just <laughs> And normally, I was looking forward to a Dorinda toast, because I love when she... There comes a moment in time, and there's a minute. And then, and then, and then, and then, so that's what I was expecting from Dorinda, but instead she's just like, okay, I'm going to sit down. And she sat down. I did feel bad for Luann. Again, Luann's being an asshole to Tinsy, but also I feel bad for her because she's surrounded by all this alcohol. Like everyone's wasted as fuck. Uh, Tinsley and Dorinda were having another moment. I'm tired of the Tinsley Dorinda dynamic. Let's move on. I don't know why Dorinda's harping on it. I don't know why they keep having the same conversation. But while they're doing it, that's when Sonia and Leah, they're dancing, they're kicking, and everything. Uh, at one point, Sonia's dragging Leah like a rag doll while Dorinda and Tinsley are having this intense conversation. And it reminded me of Cartagena when, uh, when they were, um, when they were all those fights at the table. Do you remember? It was like Countess and Dorinda were fighting and then Bethany and Carol were fighting and then Sonia and, uh, Tinsley were kissing. There was a lot going on at that dinner. It was beautiful. That's what this one reminded me of. It's like, Roni, there's just so much happening. So, and again, also nothing at all is happening, but so much is happening. And it's a beautiful thing to witness on this show. A beautiful, beautiful sight to see. I really do love this show. I hope I don't seem like I'm being hard on it this season. But when we get some beauty out of this show, it is beautiful. It's stunning. It is stunning. Uh, so then Dorinda saying, Dorinda tried to blurt out one of her like uh, motivational quotes or whatever, and she says something like, I eat what I think, I live what I eat and cook. And I, what the fuck does that mean, Dorinda? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And Leah's just tearing this place apart. She's throwing shit again, like she did with those tiki torches. And Leah gets very violent with the stuff around her. She just throws it all. She threw a glass, did some somersaults, picked up a chair. Dorinda's watching it, and she goes, that's my girl. And I thought, Dorinda, what? 
Dorinda's encouraging everyone because it makes her look less like a drunk. You know, I'm not saying Dorinda's a drunk, but uh, I'm also not saying that. I'm also not not saying that. You know what I mean? You guys know what I mean. Um, but Dorinda said, that's my kind of girl. And earlier in the season, we saw Dorinda kind of encouraging Luann to drink. Look, there's <laughs> a lot of drinking on this show. I wouldn't mind if maybe in an upcoming episode, we brought someone who's maybe like a specialist in alcohol or a professional who could maybe help these women uh, and dive deeper into the alcohol stuff. Because it does seem like every single episode, we're getting someone on this show very, very drunk. Very, very drunk. Um, meanwhile, Luann's sober at this dinner, and she says, have you ever seen me act like Leah over here? And then those brilliant, beautiful Bravo editors, they just cut to Luann falling into bushes. And <laughs> I love that. I loved it. Uh, look, Leah cries like a baby about the sister. Uh, Dorinda, Tinsley, and Sonia console her. Ramona finally gives in and says, you can have the sister here. This whole thing was wild. Wild. And Dorinda's eyes were wasted, too, but she was in shock by what was going on. Even our Dorinda. Dorinda was looking around at what was going on with Leah, and was like, you know what? She's fucked up. Dorinda, even. She's like, what the fuck is she doing? What is going on? Sonia's eating the lobsters. I apologize if this recap of New York is all over the place, but the whole group was all over the place. There were so many things, random things happening. It was truly hard to follow, but also very fun to follow. Again, I'm not trying to criticize it. It was just a lot. A lot. And then the next morning, Luann's stretching, and they're all seemingly fine. Le- Leah's like, I'm not hungover. She was pretty okay. She said she feels great. She doesn't remember anything, but she feels good, she said. I, I don't understand how that works. I'm not sure the physicals, physics of that. Um. We see Ramona and Sonia's room is a mess, so that leads me to believe that Ramona got really drunk last night because they had ordered other food late night, so they must have both been a mess. I wish there were cameras on that. For the most part, Ramona's been keeping it together, and she's like the voice of reason this season, which is the weirdest fucking thing to see. Uh, Leah and Elise get in a little bit of a fight. Elise tries to lecture Leah about getting a guy, and I get, I was like, you know what, Elise, like, slow your roll. Do not tell Leah how to act to get a guy. Like, she's fine. Um, also, Elise was making fun of Dorinda in the car, and although I have been hard on Dorinda this season, I don't like when Elise is talking bad about Dorinda. I don't know why it bugged me. I was like, I felt very loyal to Dorinda at this point. Um, but I will say that when she did make fun of Dorinda, Ramona and Sonia did their hyena laugh, where they were like, ah! <laughs> I don't know, how, I don't know how to do it exactly, but they do that kind of hyena laugh um, when they're together. Then the women all go into town. They're in this nice little shop, and Leah's like, fuck this, fuck you, fuck this. And she, they show a close-up of the shop workers who are just like, what's, what's going on here? What's happening? And that's when Dorinda uh, recommends they all get a Bloody Mary, and I thought, maybe you don't need a Bloody Mary at this point. Maybe you just take an afternoon off. Wait till nighttime to start drinking again. I don't know. I'm not an expert. But maybe it would be best if you all just waited an hour or two. Do some afternoon shopping. Maybe get a Diet Coke, right? Maybe get... I don't know, a monster energy drink for a little energy to pick me up, or a coffee, a cup of joe, a coffee, cappuccino, uh, espresso. I don't know. There's uh, so many other drinks there. You could have a fruit juice. Maybe just have uh, some pineapple juice or apple juice or uh, tomato, uh, Bloody Mary without the alcohol, you know, some nice tomato juice. Something maybe to clear out your system. I mentioned I have been, I, I've been dealing with some stuff with my system due to my uh, appendix surgery. And I've been really appreciating 
putting good things into my body and how important that is. And so I would just like to pass that information along to these women who are constantly feeding their bodies with very hard, hard liquor. And it's maybe not good for the system, is all I'm saying. It's one thing I've learned in the past month or two. It's just maybe once in a while, maybe every afternoon, maybe just put some greens in or something else, anything else, really, instead of hard liquor. That would be my advice to the cast of The Real Houses of New York as a whole, because it seems like they're really feeding a lot of alcohol into those systems. And I'm not sure if their appendix are going to start bursting, if their insides are just going to go up in flames. I'm not even sure if they have insides at this point. I would like to see some x-rays of these women, because I'm not sure how those bodies are working. I would like us, how can we do that? Can we request some CT scans or something on these women? Because I'm not sure that they have a digestive tract. Because the amount of alcohol they put in, into those esophaguses and intestines, uh, I can't be sure that their kidneys are working. I don't know that the livers are at full capacity at this point because they are just loading those suckers up. Ramona's just a walking uh, martini and oysters uh, at this point. Leah, a sh- hundred uh, shots of vodka. Dorinda's a martini, a walking one. Sonia, I don't know what's inside of her. Other than alcohol, uh, Luann, I guess, is sober now, so Luann's just filled with uh, dreams of cabaret. But for the most part, these women are just solid uh, bottles of vodka in the inside. I would like to see inside. Let's get a CT scan. Maybe, the, maybe next season, before we sign them on, maybe just the producers can just say, before we give you your contracts, or part of your contract is that we have to get you checked out by some doctors so we can include the footage in the TV show. So I want to see the inside more than anything else. Um, let's see. Dorinda's sticking up for Leah. She says uh, we need to be inclusive with her. And then Sonia and Dorinda, they're arguing about Leah right in front of Leah. Sonia says you're enabling her. Uh. Ramona then says to Leah, look, I grew up in a household with abusive drunk, so it's hard to watch. And I do side with Ramona on this. I get Ramona. Seeing this is tough. When when Sonia passes that line, that's when I feel icky because I, I'm sure a lot of people listening have had people who had alcohol problems in their life. But it is it is hard to watch if you recognize that behavior, you know. And so Leah again. I don't think Leah's necessarily stepped over into that point with me quite yet. But there are times when Sonia does, particularly when she was at the orchard. I love my Sonia again. Uh, it can be icky, though. Okay, so then Lou is sticking up for Leah. The allegiances keep shifting in this scene. And it ultimately ends with a to-be-continued. Next week, it seems like shit hits the fan even more, where Leah's throwing a ravioli. Uh, she throws the ravioli. I can't wait for that. And then uh, Luann is doing Mary Fuck Kill work for her for her new cabaret show. And then Dorinda calls out Tinsley uh, for hanging out with Scott. So that's next week. I'm very excited. Again, I love this episode. I loved it, but also it was a bunch of drunks. <laughs> I don't want to say allegedly, allegedly drunks. Um, so that's everything iconic, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram. I want to mention the Patreon. I just posted a bonus episode with Hannah Brown, who's been on the show a bunch of times. You can get the Patreon, which Patreon is a subscription service uh, that really helps to support this podcast. So if you donate $4 or more per month on the Patreon, you get access to the bonus episodes. I'm just doing one a month, but more importantly, the money just helps to support the show. So thank you to all who are over there. You can go to patreon.com slash everything iconic to become a patron. So uh, 
if you want to do that, do that. What else? Uh, uh, if you want to check out the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Danny Pellegrino one. I have a, a very special guest from Selling Sunset coming next week. Uh, and yeah, so check that show out and I'll have an episode about that coming out next week. I love you all so much for listening. T-shirts and all of that stuff are at everythingiconic.store. Now let's do our breathing exercise so we cool down and relax a little bit. We need to remind ourselves to breathe and relax and take it easy. So let's all take a deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Take another deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Take one more deep breath in. Hold it. Think of something you're grateful for. Breathe out. Now, I want to uh, remind you to just think of something you're grateful for. I know there's a lot of really hard stuff going on in the news and a lot of stuff that's very visual. And I know um, it can be a lot to take in mental health wise, right? When you turn on the news and you see these terrible killings happening and, and you see all this stuff about the coronavirus and it is a lot. It's a lot for anyone to deal with, particularly if you're someone who deals with anxiety or depression. But please take a moment to breathe uh, and and center yourself as much as you can so that you can go on and fight the good fight with some strength, with some uh, with a clear head, because it's a lot. And if you don't take a moment to breathe, your head just becomes scrambled and you can't focus on any of the things you need to do uh, to move forward and to help out your fellow man, fellow woman. Uh, so clear your head, breathe, do some exercise if you can, get outside for some vitamin D, hug a loved one if you can, and uh, try to center yourself uh, because things, it's a lot. It's a lot for anyone. I love you all. Stay safe. Thank you to the frontline workers and goodbye. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.